Planning the big day comes with a lot of questions, but what is the one has to be answered, most important, completely necessary, gotta be addressed question out there? Let's find out. Welcome to the Inspire Your Event podcast. My name is Kevin Snow, founder of eventsbysnow.com. We're all here for two main reasons. Number one, you want to host a wedding or event that is completely unique, exciting, and memorable. Number two, you've got a passion for learning new ideas, discovering insider tips, and collaborating to raise the industry standards. I've worked full-time as a wedding and special event DJ since 2011. During that time, I've learned what makes an event successful and met some awesome people along the way. So let's discover these secrets. Meet some of these people and have an inspired event. So, hello, what's the most important question to ask regarding your big day? Well, after the big question gets popped, it seems there's tons of other questions that spring up. Every couple needs to ask questions to find the right vendor and vendors have their own sets of questions to figure out the desires of their new client. I'm a member of several closed Facebook groups for weddings and event professionals, and uh, today I ran across a post where someone asked, what are some of the first questions you ask on the first phone consultation? And there was quite a few answers that ranged from asking how the couple met to what the attire for the wedding is going to be, and many of the answers, including those, are, are great answers, but they should wait for an in-person consultation where you can sit down and really figure each other out. And that's kind of where we're going to get going here is that consultation and the most important question there. Um, each question that you ask in a consultation holds valuable information. So after you ask a question, you really need to listen and then moved forward based on those answers. So don't just go through the motions of asking a question to seem like you're doing your part of asking, but did you actually get some real knowledge from their answer? And if not, maybe you need to ask the question in another way. Um, but back to the comments on that thread. So uh, one answer in the comment section that I liked was simple. This is the first question you should ask in a phone consultation. Would you like to meet in the afternoon or after 6 p.m.? Bam, set up the consultation and make moves because if someone is serious on either end, they will spend the time to make the in-person consultation. If you never have the in-person consultation and see each other for the first time on the day of the wedding, that has its own set of underlying challenges. And it's, it's just best to have a bond and a relationship established already on the big day. The only time I can see not meeting beforehand is if you live in a different city or state and it's just too much of a stretch to meet in person, then by all means, you know, do as much as you can by phone. Um, even a Skype conversation, you know, if, if that's something that you can work out. So have you ever experienced sending a text message and the person on the other end reads it completely wrong or just doesn't understand the tone of what you're saying? Uh, chances are you probably have because it happens in digital conversations, including emails, but getting face to face shows raw reactions and real emotions. And that's really important to find. So once you are face to face, there are going to be a lot of questions that are specific for each vendor you meet with. 
information that is helpful and like learning how the couple met and what drew them to use your services or uh, what have they enjoyed from other wedding days they've been to or a particular vision they have for their own wedding day. And of course, for me, we're going to also have a big discussion about music choices. But um, let's, let's pick another vendor. Let's look at meeting with a wedding venue. Asking how many people the venue can accommodate is really important. And then also, is that a, a standing number or a seated number of people? Do they have a ceremony and a reception site? What is their weather contingency plan? Also, side note, rain can be awesome at a wedding. I know a beautiful clear sky that's 70-ish degrees and super sunny just really sounds ideal. But any wedding I've been a part of that involved rain was just as much fun as the sunny ones. Um, The pictures you can get can be super dramatic and beautiful if it's raining or has rained. And it can also lead to stronger memories. Like when you look back one day and you're laughing and say, oh, it rained so hard but I wouldn't have wanted to have it any other way. Like that's a great wedding. So the only reason to worry about the weather is if you don't have a contingency plan. Okay. End of the side note, because there are other specific questions that are important to the consultation with the venue, but let's not worry about that. Let's look at the one question to guide all of your questions. So this is the question that is most important and it's going to help you with each of your vendors. So for me, this is going to require a little trip down memory lane. If you didn't know, I used to be a teacher and I taught theater and public speaking for three years before starting my event entertainment business. Uh, But there's a class that I took in college about classroom management and we were discussing rules. And a lot of teachers have rules listed in their rooms. And it's like a long list of do not talk, do not eat, no fighting, raise your hand before asking a question, and so on. And in some cases, these rules get broken by the teacher and the students as part of the lesson. First of all, the rule should apply to the entire classroom. The teacher can't follow the do not talk rule if they're lecturing. Or what if some eating some sort of food that's related to your content that you're learning is part of the lesson? Now you have to break that rule so everyone can try the food. And I also taught stage combat in my theater class. And on the surface level, that's going to break the rule that says no fighting. Because what if kids actually are fighting and then they lie to me and say they were just practicing stage combat to try to get out of getting in trouble? Well, that's kind of a gray area. So uh, what was the rule? Raise your hand before asking a question. What if they don't ask a question and they just make a statement? Do they have to raise their hand? The rule didn't apply there, did it? So what is the one rule that could cover all rules so that you don't have to list a ton of rules and worry if they're actually going to break them? Uh, And our professor gave us an opportunity to come up with what we thought the rule might be, and we were pretty unsuccessful. We tried follow instructions at all times or obey the teacher. And yes, those are great, but you could even combine those into another blanket rule. And this this is what it was. Do not interrupt the learning process. That was the most important rule. Do not interrupt the learning process. Anything that you could list out could potentially interrupt the learning process. So you don't have to list all those rules anymore. You just have this one rule. 
that almost gave freedom to the students is doing this going to break a rule is doing this going to break a rule. They just have to know I can't interrupt the learning process. If a teacher felt an infraction was made, they could say, did what you do interrupt the learning process? And if the teacher had to stop teaching to even ask that question, then the learning process was definitely interrupted. So anyway, how does this relate to your wedding day? Sometimes I get fired up when I go back to thinking about teaching and talking about it. But uh, how does this relate to your wedding day? What is the one question that you could ask that encompasses everything you love and care about for your day? Now, this could be a different question for every person listening to this podcast. That's the unfortunate part, but I want to help you discover what that question is for you. So like I said, I taught theater. And if you've had, uh, here's another example to try to get you to that question. If you have had any experience with theater or acting or even watching actors work, there's this whole idea, which is kind of a stereotypical phrase where the actor says, okay, so what is my motivation? What's my motivation for this scene? Meaning what is their character's motivation for the scene that they're in so that they can act it out more believably. Another college professor of mine took that even deeper. Instead of a motivation, he wanted us to find out what was our need. Because there's a difference between a motivation and a need. Your need was the deepest you could go. So uh, um, let's, let's look at a, a scenario. We, um, we did a lot of improvisational work to try to understand character psychology. So uh, in this pretend scene that I'm going to make up right now, <laughs> uh, let's say uh, in this scene, you're, pl- you're playing the role of a teenager who wants to go out with his friends and your parents won't let you go until you complete some sort of chore. Uh, let's say the chore is vacuuming the house. So you want to go out with your friends and your parents aren't going to let you go unless you vacuum the whole house. However, your friends are leaving like right then, and you're not going to have enough time to vacuum the house. So that's the scene. And you really want to go with your friends. Your parents want you to vacuum the house. And you're going to talk about your motivation. So your motivation could be to vacuum the house as quickly as possible or try to talk your parents into getting out of vacuuming somehow. But, but really vacuuming the house as quickly as possible and trying to get out of it are surface level. Your underlying need is to be with your friends. And it could be even deeper than that. Maybe your friends are going to a movie and someone you have a crush on is going to be there. So now is the need to vacuum the house? Or do you, um, you I mean, you could turn the vacuum cleaner on and call an Uber and have them pick you up and then sneak out, leave the vacuum running and uh, get to the movies and run into your crush. And now your need is fulfilled. The motivation for that scene wasn't to clean the house or even to obey your parents or it wasn't even to get in the car with your friends. The deeper need there was to try to get to where you wanted to go to meet your crush. So maybe that's how you and your fiance met each other. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I I don't know if maybe that scenario brought up any weird nostalgic memories, but uh, the point here is just getting to the root of what you need. I'm sorry to go off on these tangents about theater and teaching, but I felt like it helped illustrate the point that you have to get past the surface level, go deep, deep down to what your root need and cause for what you're doing is. So let's really look at your wedding. What is the need for your wedding? What is the one thing you want more than anything else? Is it simply that your wedding runs smooth? And if so, can you take that deeper? 
Why do you want your wedding to run smooth? Do you have family members traveling from around the world and you want to make sure that it was worth the trip for them? Do you want your wedding to be the most memorable day of your life? And why? Get deep with why you are having your wedding. What is the one thing that you really want? Obviously, you want to get married and be with your partner forever. That's a given. You don't, you don't even need to have the celebration to do that, but you are planning on having a celebration. So what is the reason you're having the celebration? What is it? When, when you find out what that is, that's where you can start asking questions. Ask your venue and whatever it is to you. So the very most important thing to me about my wedding is this. How will you help fulfill that? Ask your DJ, look, um, you know, like I have relatives coming to the wedding who have never met my fiance and it's really important to me that they leave feeling, you know, that he's extremely important to me and our, our new family and adding him to the family. How are you going to make that happen? And I don't know what your question is, but don't keep it a secret from your vendors and give your vendors, you know, an opportunity to listen to this. They've maybe never been asked that question before because it is specific to you. And if they need to, you know, formulate something and get back to you, that's fine too. But as long as they honestly answer that question and it meets your needs uh, and any vendors listening, you need to figure that out from your couple that you're working with. What is their need and reason? Because at the end of the day, there's an underlying expectation that that's going to need to be met. And if that need doesn't get met, that's where you could likely wind up on the end of an unhappy review. So figure out that need, get that underlying need satisfied, and then you will have the best day of your life. That's the answer. Thank you for listening to the Inspire Your Event podcast. Like, subscribe, be a part of the inspiration to change the way the world parties. Let's get out there and do this. No more cookie cutter weddings. Visit eventsbysnow.com for more information.